Welcome back. Welcome to Phenomenal Flicks. Today I am reviewing an American Pickle starring Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen and directed by Brandon Trost. An American Pickle dropped very recently this past week on HBO Max and actually had a theatrical release in the United Kingdom the next day. That is because everyone else besides the United States has handled the COVID-19 pandemic incredibly well and we are the absolute worst. Let's do a little background on this film before I really get into it. Of course, there will be no spoilers unless it's a retrospective series. Again, there will be no spoilers in my reviews, but... This was picked up by HBO Max, and it got streaming rights, which I think is actually a good thing, because if it had gone to theaters, this might have just been, you know, forgotten or swept under the rug, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't have remembered it, but here they're able to watch it on their own time without having to go out, and I think with the lack of things really coming out, anyone with an HBO Max subscription can watch and hopefully enjoy this. I mean, I I enjoyed it, to give a little spoiler for what my grade will be at the end but you will be able to say hey I want to watch an American Pickle and I don't have to go to the theater and spend money to see it so an American Pickle follows Herschel Greenbaum uh, a Jewish man who in 1919 with his wife Sarah comes to the United States gets a job at a pickle factory falls into a pickle vat and is comically, I guess, frozen or preserved in the pickle vat for a hundred years. He is then released in 2019 and becomes reunited with Ben Greenbaum, his great-grandson, and he has to navigate the world we're in now. Now, both Greenbaums, both Herschel and Ben, are played by Seth Rogen, and some would think, well, that's an outlandish idea. The guy got preserved in pickle juice and he was still alive. And I thought that was a silly concept too, and it is. It is a very silly concept, but what I actually started realizing as I watched the film was that, is it any different than any of the silly concepts that are set in the real world that we do like? For instance, Ghostbusters, which is, in theory, a realistic film. It's portraying realistic people in a realistic place, but it also happens to have ghosts and a lot of science fiction-related activities going on or something like Back to the Future where it's in the real world, it's in the 80s, but someone just happens to invent a time machine. Or even the Avengers series where it's a, you know, a normal entrepreneur who ends up creating a billion dollar suit and helping save the world. So while the, while the setup is incredibly strange, it is still pretty unique and interesting to see something like this today because Herschel Greenbaum, as I mentioned, is a, I think at the time, 30-something-year-old Jewish man, so he was born in the 1800s. The last day he ever spent before he got awoken was in the 19-teens, 1919, and he has to be a fish out of the water in today's times, and naturally that doesn't really bring up, oh, that's a new concept. Of course it's not, but what is fun about it is that this film really doesn't pull any punches when it comes to some of the more outlandish things that I consider satire. People in the 1900s, hell, people up to the 50s and 60s, and even today had some very strict ideals of what other races should do, 
other people should do if you were this kind of person you didn't get to have these opinions if you were a woman you didn't get to have these opinions and those jokes are well not those jokes those ideals are presented here in comedy form satire form because it's a man who had those ideals and you're not supposed to really root for this man because of that you're supposed to see him as like oh wow you're really outdated you probably should have stayed in that pickle vat and you get to see the way he navigates ideals about women ideals about other jewish people ideals about interracial couples while his great-grandson says well you know those things are those things are good we should have never thought those were bad things it's it's very in tune of what today's times are and you think well okay if herschel has these really terrible ideals that he's thinking that means ben is the hero of the story right no it's actually not that way because ben's kind of an asshole so herschel greenbaum was a Kind of American idealist you know he moved from Eastern Europe to America in a time when a lot of immigration was happening got a very steady job got a, a working man's job essentially like what most people would consider a working man's job and I put that in my famous quotations Herschel's son who he actually never gets to meet was a foreman you know he, he worked with his hands he again had a, a quotations man's job Herschel's grandson i believe his name was dan if i'm not mistaken david i'm sorry it was david um which ends up being ben's father was an accountant and ben is kind of a i don't want to say a lazy person because in today's day and age any sort of tech savvy and any sort of you know creator when it comes to a mobile app or it comes to a um, unique idea like what ben does isn't lazy they work very hard and ben actually works for five years on this app but to someone of that older generation who doesn't get technology who's never seen technology like that or never you know realized that you can sit home and work and still work just as hard as someone who goes and works with their hands it's a really interesting dynamic and i want to get to seth rogan who plays like i said two parts in this film because he is fantastic we saw 10 years ago or so jonah hill kind of step out of the comedy role and go into the more dramatic roles with something like Moneyball. And he was lauded for it and he was great. And Seth Rogen, who is in the same, you know, tune as as Jonah Hill is essentially, does the same here while also being very comedic. So when he plays Ben, he's essentially playing Seth Rogen. You know, he's modern day 30-something Seth Rogen. He's got the laugh. He's got the slacker mentality. I don't really like to use that word because again, I say, you know, Ben works very hard, but to an older generation he's the kind of slacker character but when rogan's playing herschel he is kind of a lightning rod for just this really interesting concept because he is a man from you know jewish labors he's a man who is not from here he's actually from the russian crossacks or you know uh, an area around where the russian crossacks are if i'm pronouncing that wrong i'm sorry um and he he doesn't get what makes today's world so special i guess and he's he would be the straight man in any other movie but his lack of diversity and his lack of knowledge and his lack of i mean can you really blame him for the lack of knowledge that he has because he woke up 100 years later 
makes the straightness and the dryness and the uncomfortableness very, very funny and very entertaining while also being a little heartfelt because you want to see this guy succeed while also realizing that he's not a very good person. And Ben is also not a very good person. You might wonder, well, what is the actual point of this film? Because Herschel gets awakened very early on and then reconnects with his great-grandson. It becomes kind of a rivalry between these two people. And again, I'm not going to spoil why, but there's some vindictiveness, there's some anger issues that they both have, and it starts this sort of hilarious while also endearing conflict between the two men. It does become very episodic. It is kind of like a TV show where there's a rise and a fall and then there's another rise and another fall. I'm gonna compare this actually to the Peanuts movie that came out in 2015 or 2016, I can't remember the year, where as entertaining as it was and as fun as it was, it just, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes were this and then the next 15, 20 minutes were this and then it was onto a new conflict and onto a new conflict and that sort of took away from the whole point of it because right when this is gonna happen, like another character overcomes this character's bullshit and then another character overcomes this one and it's 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 not scattered because it is very in tune it just once you get going it automatically stops and moves on to the next conflict and i thought that was a little jarring that is probably my one biggest complaint about the movie even though like i have said i did enjoy it quite well however back to rogan because he is essentially the only character in this movie i mean you see um herschel's with i won't call a widow because he never died but sarah the woman that he moved to the United States with, immigrated to the United States with. You see her for a little bit. Um, there's a character, well, there's David and Susan Greenbaum, who are Ben's parents. You see them for a scene or two. And then there's a lot of ancillary characters that are just kind of there to push the plot forward. Rogan is the main focus of this film, and he does a great job, and he has to carry a lot of it. It works most of the time. It doesn't work sometimes. I, I unfortunately say a lot of the time it's when he's portraying the Ben character, because when he's the Herschel character, there's all these conflicting ideas that are going on that are fantastic. There's racism, there's the um, the practice of uh, the First Amendment, you know, free speech, which Herschel wouldn't even know because being from Europe, I mean, sure, he might have, you know, read about it or heard about it in some sort of American history class, if that's even a thing. God forbid other countries have to learn about our history because that's just a shit show I'm not going to get into. But... You know, he, he might not even know that free speech is a thing, and that becomes a big story plot on one of these episodic things I'm talking about. And while it's interesting, like I said, it rises and falls so quickly that you're like, oh, that was interesting, and now it's done. And that's kind of a bummer. Rogan, however, when he's playing Herschel, is just... He's going to piss a lot of people off. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Um, and it's not... It's, it's not warranted. Because he's playing this older character, people are automatically going to look at it out of context. Oh, Seth Rogen is saying these hateful things against women. He's not. This character from 1919 is saying hurtful things about women. And that's supposed to be the dark satire, the social satire of the film. You're not supposed to say, Herschel's a great guy, let's root for him. You're supposed to be like, oh, that's an outdated idea. And you're hoping that he learns from this. Another question you might be asking is, why is this film called An American Pickle? And you might be thinking, well, he, fall, he falls into a pickle vat and gets preserved. That is true, but Herschel then starts to become an entrepreneur by taking cucumbers and making pickles the old-fashioned way. Again, I'm putting that in quotations, where he uses 
cucumbers, salt, and rainwater, and old jars to create what it becomes comically the most delicious pickles in all of Brooklyn. Um, you see a gay couple buy them and like Herschel's trying to sell them for $4 and they immediately jump on it. And he's just like, really, you want to buy these for $4? That's really expensive because of course, back in his day, $4 was probably like a $100 meal to us. I don't know economics very well. I don't know inflation. I could be making that up. Uh, then it gets sold to a bartender who uses them as picklebacks and it's a very funny scenario and it's what starts to really start the conflict between him and Ben. I really loved his performance. I just I got to harp on it even more. I it's a weird year. The Oscars next year are going to be even weirder if they do even end up happening. But he's a front runner for best actor, I would say, or best supporting actor. I don't even know what you would consider him, but I I think we, this might be the time we see Seth Rogen sort of break out of the Seth Rogen-ness that he he always does and get an Oscar nomination. I hope he gets a lot of credit for this because he played two differing characters. One that was very different and very good and very funny. He even grew out his beard. He didn't want to use a fake beard, he said, because he thought that, that even on big budget movies, they still look fake. So he grew out his beard to play Herschel and then had to shave it to play Ben. And he can grow hair very fast. He's a hairy dude. But... That kind of commitment is something that you see from a Daniel Day-Lewis or a Leonardo DiCaprio. And I, I think that's to be commended. I guess back on the negative side, I, I didn't like the way it was shot. It has what I've read and heard of from a lot of other people as the like the streaming lens or like the, the Netflix lens, even though this is on HBO. But you get what I mean. Something that's on Hulu, Netflix, HBO, that they can't put a lot of money into but they can put enough to get it made so it kind of looks fake from time to time it sort of has that bad lighting that darker lighting to it or even too bright of lighting at points and that is kind of a detriment to it now I did think there were some very early shots that reminded me of old-timey films from you know the early 1900s the 1920s the 1930s and whatnot and I thought that was very cool but that's in the first minute or two and then once they get to America it's again shot it's shot fine, it's just lit very poorly, and I think that has to do, obviously, with the budget or the way they, you know, received a lot of the equipment they had. I really, really enjoyed An American Pickle. I see it getting pretty decent reviews, and I hope that this one adds to your your decision to see it, I hope. It's based off a uh, short story, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, called Sellout by Simon Rich. I very actually much look forward to trying to get a hold of that so I can read it just to see what the differences are between the story and the film that I watched. But if you have HBO Max, check this film out. I mean, it's it's 89 minutes, so it's not going to take you an entire day to watch. There's some very funny social commentary in it. There's some very funny jokes. I mean, you see Seth Rogen fall down and flat on his face, and that's funny. And sort of the, the comedy from the other people in it isn't as well-tuned but you know rogan is the one who's going to lead the whole film so if you have hbo max check out an american pickle if you don't have hbo max give it a shot i mean i think it's a streaming service shout out to rilo who had to shake right by me i think it's a streaming service that's totally worth it very much worth the price you get a lot of stuff on there a lot of great shows a lot of great movies and no i'm not sponsored by hbo max because if i was a i'd have a lot more listeners b i'd probably have a lot more money but check it out. I'm going to give American Pickle and 
B plus, which is one of the higher ratings I've given a film this year. Before I go, I want to give my time to my segment, Scared to Beth, where my friend Beth watches a horror movie and reviews it for a minute or less. For some reason, she thought it was a good idea to watch The Nun, which I absolutely hate, but she got some scare factor out of it, I guess, so she is reviewing 20, I don't even know what year, that I could do some research right now and check out what year this movie came out, but I don't like The Nun at all. It's probably the weakest film in the Conjuring series. But anyway, Beth, take it away and let me know how you liked or didn't like The Nun. I watched The Nun this week and it was probably one of the jumpiest scare movies I've seen so far from this list. I was, yeah, I was terrified throughout it. There are a lot of parts I had a hard time keeping my eye on the screen because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, you knew something was going to happen, but you just didn't know what. Um, I think right from the very start of the movie, when he got locked in a fucking coffin, they should have stopped and gone and asked for help and asked for reinforcement. And I think a lot of their problems could have been solved or at least helped. I currently have all of the candles lit in my house and a flashlight on standby because there's a storm and if the lights go out, I am terrified of the nun popping out and getting me. All in all, it was pretty predictable, hindsight 2020, um, but definitely scared the shit out of me still. As always, Beth, thank you for that. And I want to thank everyone who listens to me on a weekly basis. So even if you just listen to every other episode... You guys are great. Even the 15 to 20 listens I get, which are absolutely nothing. They just mean a lot, and it actually keeps me going. You can follow me on all of the socials, uh, Twitter at PhenomenalFlixPod, Instagram at PhenomenalFlixPodcast, and on Facebook at PhenomenalFlix. Yes, I know they're three different things, but you got to work with what you can. Also follow Two Week Media on all those platforms, as well as the other podcasts that we have, Faking It, that's got to be wrestling, and I feel petty, colon, just hates musicals. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for Grant for the fantastic opener that I have. And as always, everyone, stay phenomenal.